0: listening to Black Cloud Society. What's going on? It is good to be back with you for another installment of Black Cloud Society. You know, a lot has gone on in my life since the release of the last episode, uh, which was rather controversial and received a lot of feedback and actually for those of you who followed the show closely will notice that it actually we actually received our first one star review which initially I was like okay who's this person but then you know I really sat and thought about it and actually that's good I was actually excited to get a one star review because it means I'm doing something right it means that I have successfully chosen a target audience and have successfully singled out the type of person, the type of provider that I don't want to be part of this audience, that I don't want to be part of this community. Because this individual who left a one-star review took the time to, well, they basically said that it was, it was the worst show they've ever listened to. Biggest waste of time. And something to the effect where they'll never get that 15 minutes of their life back. Okay, well, if it's such a waste of time, that episode was such a waste of time to that individual that they took the time to write about how much time it wasted of their life, which makes absolutely no sense to me, which further, in my opinion, proves that the individuals that I called out or I should say the type of individuals I called out in that last episode is exactly the type of individual that that person is. But I digress. Back to everything that's happened. So, I owe you guys some content. I'm a little behind the eight ball. Haven't been producing as consistently as I can. As consistently as I should, honestly, because you guys deserve, you deserve far more content than, than I've been producing. Uh, that being said, I appreciate your patience, appreciate the fact that my listener base, appreciate the fact that you, my loyal audience, has stuck it out with me and has, is still here and still supports the mission, still still provides that that, that feedback. And that's really the goal. That's what I want. I want to be the best that I can be for you. I want to provide the most value that I can for you. And some of that is by talking about the things that are on my mind, talking about the things I've struggled with, the things I've battled, the things I've overcome, the lessons that I've learned along the way to hopefully avoid you from making those same mistakes, maybe providing some insight, allowing you to learn from my mistakes. One of the things I did over the past couple weeks was I attended a conference in Orlando about podcasting and multimedia production and things of that aspect. And basically learned everything I've done wrong over the last three years and done wrong by you and failed in, in creating the level of community that I'd like to create for you. And basically failed in creating the amount of value that I would like to create for you. So some of the changes that are coming up here in the very near future, probably within the next year or or by the end of the year, I should say, some of them are going to be slow rolling. Some of them I'm going to hit the ground running and try to learn from some previous mistakes. but, but, But the goal is to Provide a community for you to be involved in where you get the support you need, where a group of like-minded individuals who are interested in changing culture of the industry, who are interested in, in exploiting weaknesses in our leadership teams, who are interested in changing the standard of care, who are interested in challenging the status quo and eliminating complacency. I want to provide a community where you, like-minded individuals, can come together and talk about things and support one another and and get involved in advocating for these changes that we can make together. And really, without you, this show doesn't exist. So I'm going to be hopefully implementing some of the techniques that I picked up from this conference that I was at to build that community, to grow the audience, and to hopefully bring the show or enable the show, to reach its full potential. And speaking of potential, that brings me to announce that we do indeed have another affiliate sponsor. Don't forget to visit blackoutcoffee.com and to coupon code BLACKCLOUD at checkout to get 10% off your coffee and loose leaf tea and cocoa orders. But on top of that, Exter, E K ster.com is now an affiliate sponsor and they are a men's accessory line offering wallets and key fobs and iPad sleeves and laptop sleeves and basically the your everyday carry items specifically men's accessories smart men's accessories to make your life a little bit easier so check out our website blackcloudsociety.com Click on the Sponsor link and visit Exter for all your everyday carry men's accessory needs. I actually have one of their wallets. And one of their wallets, the wallet is pretty much the best wallet I've ever owned. Uh, It took a little bit of getting used to because of the style I was previously used to carrying. But it is absolutely phenomenal. It comes with a tracker that I can put on my phone. So if I lose my wallet like I do quite frequently. I can pull the app up on my phone and it tells me exactly where my wallet is currently. And even has the ability to like set an audible alarm so that once I'm in the same room as the wallet, I can then make it chirp and 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 find it by by echo location. But uh anyway, that being said, check out our website, blackcloudsociety.com, click on sponsors and pick up your coffee and your Everyday carry men's accessories to make your life much, much easier. But enough about that. So this week, I want to talk to you guys about something that's uh, been on my mind. I posted on the socials, I should say I reposted an episode on the socials from last year about the exit strategy, knowing when to throw in the towel. And part of that deals with knowing when it's time to leave when you've had enough recognizing burnout and honestly right now I'm kind of fried to be to be blatantly honest with you the burnout in my brain right now is so real I feel like there's not enough time in the day not enough time in the week with all the irons that I the irons that i have in the proverbial fire between between work schedules and extra shifts and and this masters program i mean in family stuff and projects around the house and what do i do go get another part time job and then and then on top of it um, trying to stay on top of of making outlines for conferences and outlines for show content really it's just uh yeah it's a lot I need to learn how to organize and I need to learn how to prioritize and um get some affairs in order if you will but but it made me think and once again heard an episode of the Ken Coleman show I think that's been the new show I listen to quite frequently but on my ride home from work and kind of put some things into perspective for me and made me really go down a thought path of why I let it get like this. What am I doing? Almost like being counterproductive to myself and why that is. But it also may realize that, that given the, the ongoing situation in the world, an ongoing situation in the industry, a lot of us are absolutely fried right now. And I know if I'm feeling this way, there's got to be a bunch of you guys feeling this way. So we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it because not a lot of people do. Not a lot of people are willing To talk about it, not a lot of people are willing to admit the fact that uh, they may need to take a step back and reevaluate some things. So, that being said, we're going to get right into this week's content for an episode entitled, Your Brain on Burnout. So, your brain on burnout. What exactly does that mean? This week, uh, for content-wise, we're going to talk about, number one, recognizing burnout. Number two, why the burnout that we experience is compounded by something called compassion fatigue. And then number three, how those two things can actually manipulate your brain itself. And not just the way it functions, but the actual neuroplasticity of your brain, the function of your brain, the size of your brain, the mass of your brain, which can impact how we are able to Process information, form memories, and inform reactions and form relationships. There's a whole bunch of things that go into it. And we're going to talk about that here in a few minutes. But first, I think I need to establish a, a sort of a, a baseline, if you will, by defining exactly what burnout is in the context that I'm referring to. And I did some digging around in preparation for this episode of a variety of different definitions from different sources. And the one that I found that was the most profound or or most accurate, but also kind of struck closest to home for me, was this. And I found burnout is the extinction of motivation or incentive, especially where one's devotion to a cause or relationship fails to produce the desired results. Desired results for me was the was the take home that really made me consider how burnt out I'm feeling right now. What results do I want? What results have I not gotten? And I don't think I have been able to produce my desired results because I won't say I have the extinction of motivation or incentive, but there's definitely a lack of motivation or incentive to continue doing some of the things I've been doing. Um, I don't feel like I'm to the point of no return by any means because I'm willing to put in the work, willing to do the self-evaluation and taking a look at the underlying cause of what's going on to get back to where I need to be, for sure. But I think by talking about what I'm going through currently and by taking a look at the underlying causes of burnout, we might be able to not only better understand what's going on in our brain but what's going on in our lives and inside of us. And in turn, might be able to provide you with a little insight or a little inspiration to do some self-evaluation and determine whether or not it's time to move on to quote-unquote greener pastures or to just seriously put in some very daunting and difficult work and repair yourself so that you don't become part of the systemic problem. So we, we touched on, we, we defined what burnout is. But now I kind of want to shift gears a little bit and talk about what I believe the five, maybe six... Yeah, we'll go with six. The six underlying causes. The things that build up to create burnout. Not just in our environments, but but inside of us. Things we need to watch out for. Things we need to evaluate and make sure that we're, we're keeping track of to avoid going down this road. And these aren't necessarily in any particular order. Uh... You can feel free to download the show notes that I'm going to attach in the description and arrange them as you will, if you see fit. Uh, however, the first one being no passion. Now I'm not not so much to say that the passion itself is gone. Um, I have found that itself with even you know even here with the show. It's something I'm very very passionate about. Um, I share very passionate opinions, very passionate subjects, topic matter. And there are some episodes where I get rather heated and passionate about my about, about the stand I take on the issue. Uh, so not lacking any passion there. But there are times when I just lack the overall passion of doing the work, sitting down, coming up with the outline, coming up with the show notes doing the actual recording, doing all the editing, a whole lot of work goes into it. And as much as I love it, sometimes just the passion to do it doesn't, it's, it's difficult to find sometimes. Same thing with, with, with other aspects of my job. I love what I do. I love flying. I love providing critical care medicine. However, I have found that I'm rapidly reaching the point where the passion to do what I do is not necessarily as intense as it once was. So the number one thing that, or I should say not the number one, but the first aspect that we're going to mention today of attributes that build up to burnout is that lack of passion. The passion you once had for and whatever whatever it is, whether it's a job, whether it's whatever activity, whether it's hobby, whether it's whatever. It may even be going home. That's a big aspect of burnout too, is you feel burnt out and fried at work, and then you know, you go home to sometimes just as hostile of an environment. So the passion that you had at home. Or, or the excitement, looking forward to going home at the end of the shift, isn't there anymore either. So you're miserable at work, and you can't even go home to your safe haven because the aspects of burnout in our life are now dumping over into our household life, and it's just a a vicious cycle. Kind of getting ahead of myself here with with how it's going to dump over into our personal lives, but it's 100% a possibility if we don't understand that it's happening. And the more burnt out we are, we actually lack the ability to recognize and understand that it's happening. So as I mentioned, vicious, vicious cycle which is due to the way that our brains actually evolve and change themselves based off of our level of burnout. But again, enough about getting ahead of myself. Let's jump into the second aspect that creates or causes burnout. So number one, we talked about lack of passion or decrease of passion or a complete absence of passion. Number two is poor underlying culture or toxic environment. And that can be, again, as I said, at work or at home or wherever it is we happen to spend our our time. The underlying culture of the organization, the underlying culture of the industry, the underlying culture of the household uh, very well may create a toxic environment where we become infected by what we take in. I've said numerous times in previous episodes that you, we, we have a tendency to become our environment. Uh, so like I have mentioned before, you show me the five closest people in your circle and I can tell you what kind of person you are. Uh, same goes in any aspect, any environment. You become where you hang out. So if you're constantly in a work environment that is extremely toxic and has an underlying poor culture, what do you think is going to happen to you? Same thing at home once you go home. If you go home to an environment that's abusive, and whether that's physically or emotionally, regardless, it, it, if you go home to that toxic environment, again, you're going to become that type of individual. That's going to shape who you are, how you interact with others, and, and what you become which only yeah. further adds into the whole burnout situation. So if you take someone who has l- l- lack of passion, who is subject to poor support environment, what do you think is going to happen to that individual? What's going to happen is they're going to then step on into point number three, and they're going to begin to feel overwhelmed and When I'm talking about overwhelmed, I don't necessarily mean with life in general. I mean, yes, you can feel overwhelmed with life in general, as perhaps I am right now with everything that's that's going on. But it could just simply be overwhelmed in the work environment. You simply have too many work responsibilities. Too many things are delegated to you. So you can't justify or you can't spend the appropriate amount of time on one project or one assignment before the next one gets thrown on you and things of that nature. Which also then leads into the next point of fear or manufactured fear from management. The very individuals who are overwhelming you create a sense of fear, uh, whether that's you know some type of retaliation or you know, what have you, but a sense of fear about, you know, consequences for not achieving the goals that they have set for you. But at the same time, with you being so overwhelmed with them adding and adding and adding and adding responsibilities to you, it's kind of an unrealistic expectation from a management team. And I say management, not leadership, because there is definitely a delineating difference but what I'm referring to here is a blatant disregard for staff's well-being, almost as though the management team is setting individuals up, setting specific individuals up for failure by intentionally overwhelming them, overworking them, overstacking them, and then providing the fear of the consequences for not meeting those expectations. Now, don't get me wrong. I firmly believe that there should be consequences for poor work ethic there should be consequences for not being able to function in your job role I get some people you know bloom at different stages and perform better under different metrics under different environments I'm, I'm not talking about that I firmly believe there should be consequences for your inability to do your job however that being said If you are having difficulty in doing your job because of the amount of responsibilities that management keeps placing on top of you and placing on top of you and placing on top of you, and yet doesn't seem to be placing them on other people, there's an underlying problem. That underlying problem is only going to compound on top of the points we already discussed. It's only going to contribute to the poor culture and the toxic environment, only going to contribute to your gradually decreasing passion for what it is you do. Which brings me to my next point of being undervalued or feeling undervalued. You know, if our staff, if our employees feel undervalued, if we as a leadership team don't present some form of perception that our employees are valued. You know, maybe I'm framing that wrong. It's not our job to to provide a perception that they're valued. It's to legitimately make them feel valued. And not just as a person, but as a valued member of the team. But unfortunately, many of our organizations have that underlying poor culture and that underlying toxic environment, so any ability to recognize that our organization is only as valuable as our team goes right out the window with the rest of the important principles and values that are exhibited in our top-notch organizations throughout the country. But before I get too fired up and go on another rant that's going to take up another 10 minutes of your time, we're going to get into the last point That contributes and builds up to the point of burnout. And then it's just blatantly being bored. And it kind of goes into the feeling of, you know, kind of plays into the feeling of being undervalued, but being straight up bored, feeling underutilized. Uh, Another failure of organizational leadership is to recognize those employees that show true potential. Now, granted, everybody has potential, but some have more potential than others in certain areas of the organization in certain skill sets. Some have more education, some have more experience, some have better people skills. So it's our job as leaders to recognize who possesses which attributes, and play to those strengths to avoid our employees from feeling bored. This one gets me all the time. I get—I will be the first to admit—I get bored super, super easy. Uh, if I'm not constantly being stimulated with something, I get bored. And when I'm bored, I tend to get—I <laughs> tend to get in trouble. I think that's why I constantly have myself involved in something, whether that's taking more classes or jumping into you know a third job or taking on some new project or getting involved in in other aspects, just to keep myself from being bored. But at the same time, there's a fine line between between trying to avoid boredom and going back to one of our previous points of getting yourself overwhelmed, and that's a, that is a line that. I find most difficult to walk. Feeling underutilized, feeling bored, undervalued, only make the other points we talked about even worse, which only compounds that burnt out feeling, the burnout situation. And once we reach the point uh, where burnout actually sets in, the longer that it stays there, the more damage it does. We need to constantly be aware of these points, be aware of the 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 damage that this can do. It, it Really, it's a symptom of a larger issue. However, that symptom, if left unchecked, if left unresolved, can have some legitimate impact on our brain and how our brain functions. And that's when we're going to get into the aspect of Our brain on burnout and how it impacts the actual neuroplasticity of our brain. Now, neuroplasticity is generally an umbrella type term, but it refers to the brain's ability to legitimately modify, change, and quite frankly, adapt in both not just function, but actual structure, you know, throughout our lives and in response to certain stimuli and experiences and emotions and traumas and legitimately everything, the way we process life. And one of the areas that help us process life, but is also impacted by burnout, is our prefrontal cortex. And the prefrontal cortex is the area of the brain that's responsible for, really, reasoning and logic. It essentially helps us act appropriately, gives us the ability to provide insight about ourselves and insight about others, kind of how we form our perspectives, It impacts complex decision-making, the ability to have thoughtful, kind of abstract reasoning as opposed to like concrete or habitual responses. And what happens is it legitimately thins out and shrinks. The prefrontal cortex will legitimately thin and shrink in size in response to unresolved burnout. And what happens when that area gets weak, it literally impacts your ability to pay attention. It impacts your ability to retain memories, uh, impacts your ability to perceive things appropriately and legitimately makes it more difficult, makes it harder to process information or harder to learn new things and even recall old information, therefore increasing the risk for mistakes. And mistakes in a public safety or healthcare-based industry generally don't lead to great outcomes for the very individuals that we're responsible for. Now, as our prefrontal prefrontal cortex thins and shrinks and is literally changing shape, as if though that wasn't enough impact on how our brain functions, the exact opposite. Is happening in our amygdala. That's actually enlarging and thickening as it responds to certain aspects of burnout and stress and emotion. Now, your amygdala plays a big part in the fight or flight response, and also how we process and generate emotion. So it's kind of a double whammy, you know, at the same time that our prefrontal cortex is getting weaker and essentially more primitive, the amygdala, the brain circuits that generate emotion like fear, like anger, are only getting stronger. So we have a tendency to, it, what it does is it, it creates us to start seeing the world, start seeing certain stimuli essentially as harmful, even when it's not. Completely changes our perception. It gives us the ability to essentially deem everything that's being said to us, deem everything that we're looking at, everything that we're perceiving, regardless of the context in which it was delivered. Essentially, our brain is being programmed to only process that as a threat. So therefore, it's going to create counter-threat emotion, which is why When we're burnt out at work, we have a tendency to bring it home and it turns over and dumps into our home life because once we go home and start dealing with all the things at home, even though they may be small little issues, our brain's perceiving them as large potential threats to our emotional well-being. So therefore, we react, sometimes even inadvertently, in a fashion that creates conflict. And that conflict further goes into creating cognitive dissonance. That internal conflict when our exhibited behaviors don't necessarily align with our personal beliefs and principles, and yet we don't understand why the two aren't jiving. And why aren't they jiving? They're not jiving because you are at the point in your burnout journey that your brain has actually changed its shape, has actually changed its function. And you have limited ability to process things as appropriately, to perceive things as appropriately, as you once did. Now, the good thing about neuroplasticity is if we can realize and understand, recognize the underlying cause of why our brain is doing this and recognize the fact that we are indeed behaving in this manner. The good news is by changing some things in your life, by changing certain aspects of your environment, whether that be your circle, whether that be the legitimate environment you are in, whether that's work or sometimes even home, maybe, maybe you need to take a break from home to get yourself straight. Maybe you need to take a break from work to get yourself straight. Regardless, your brain does have the ability to go back towards a normal, healthy state, but it is impossible to heal in the environment that got you sick. So if you don't have the ability to make positive changes in your environment, then you may very well need to remove yourself from that environment because the burnout and the stress that that environment is is created for you not just impacts you on an emotional level, on a mental level, but legitimately impacts the shape of your brain, impacts your ability to accurately perceive things and accurately respond to things. Are you so stressed out right now that you may be stressing yourself out of the industry completely? I mean, there's some other things that go into it. You know, burnout itself can be compounded by compassion fatigue, which a lot of healthcare providers are are feeling right now. Uh, Something called vicarious trauma, which we'll talk about. I actually have a guest booked for the next episode who's going to delve a little bit into... Compassion fatigue and vicarious trauma and how that only compounds burnout. But regardless of that, don't be too proud to remove yourself from the environment for a little while to get your head back on straight. Because I've been there. I've been to the point where my brain legitimately only perceived things as a threat and I was not, not a good person at one point in my life and hurt a lot of people and had some horribly unhealthy coping mechanisms. But as long as you have the ability to recognize that this is happening and as long as you have the guts to make the changes that you need to make, you can turn it around and actually become a productive member of not just society but a productive and supportive member of your organization and a productive and supportive member of, more importantly, your household. And I think that's going to do it for now, guys, until I get everything recorded with our guests for the next episode, part two of this episode, if you will. But until next time, guys, look out for yourselves we go for each other, keep those boots polished, and that head held high. We'll see you next time. This episode was brought to you by Blackout Coffee. Visit them at www.blackoutcoffee.com and enter coupon code BLACKCLOUD at checkout, and receive a 10% discount on multiple blends and flavors to fuel your coffee, cocoa, and loose leaf tea needs. The views and opinions expressed in this production are in no way a substitution for your agency's policies, procedures or guidelines. The content and ideas are that of Black Cloud Society, and in no way reflect the views and opinions of the employers of those involved with this production. We thank you for tuning in.